One-on-one, a candid conversation with all your favorite Arizona Coyotes. Now with a look at hockey, life, and a little pop culture, here's your moderator, Luke Lipinski. All right, Coyotes fans, welcome into another episode of Coyotes Roundtable. In fact, by another, I mean the first of the season. And I'm joined by Tyson Nash, Matthew McConnell, and Bob Heathouse. We're a little past the quarter mark of the season, so we're just going to kind of go around, get everybody's thoughts on what they have seen through the first 25 or so games, some of the highlights uh, early on this year. And I'll tell you what, Heater, I'm going to start with you and just sort of your thoughts on what you have seen from the Coyotes. I know big picture, the record's not what they want, but you know, you're working in a new head coach. You're working in a lot of new players, specifically over the last couple weeks. What have you seen in terms of improvements from the Coyotes? Well, I think, Luke, I think, you know, the one calling card uh, that the Coyotes have had for most of this season um, has been their work ethic. You know, we've seen game in and game out, no matter the result, the Coyotes continue to, to work hard and, and uh, you know, to try to, to execute. Sometimes it isn't always there for them, but I think that's a credit to the players. A lot of the, the players are playing for, for different things, no question about that, and also the coaching staff. Uh, and, and so that's been a thing that I've taken away, that despite the, the record, the Coyotes have, have really played hard a lot, and in most games – have been in a lot of them and, and could have uh, actually even won more than the five wins that they have at the time of this recording. So uh, for me, it's a, a situation where there has been a progression. And I think as the season goes on, uh, I think maybe some of those, those close performances might turn into wins. Tyson, that work ethic and that just willingness to play down to the final whistle, even if you're not getting the result you wanted, that's kind of been there since training camp, even it looks like that's not always a given for a player with a new head coach, is it? No, I, you know, and I do agree with Heater. I think it it has been there for for the most part. Uh, I think besides that game against Vegas the other night, uh, where they got the spanked pretty good. Um, but my biggest thing with watching this team every night is they play so hard, they battle so hard, like they did against Dallas the other night for for forty fifty minutes, and then they they fall asleep a little bit at the wheel, and that's what's getting them in trouble is just little lulls, you know, during a 60 minute effort that, you know, they're just not getting 60 minutes. And I think that's what it comes down to for me. Um, but just so many, you know, great stories coming out of training camp, Lamelka, um, you know, what he's meant to this, this group. And, and for me, uh, Clayton Keller has, has taken a, just a, a massive leap. Uh, yeah, I think by far it's not even close. He's been the Coyotes best player. So Hopefully that can continue. And I love seeing that A on his jersey. I think he looks good with it. I think it makes him accountable every night. I think it's bringing out the best in him. He's rising, and I, I love it. They just need a few more other guys to, to rise to that level as well. Yeah, Matthew, Matt, along those lines, um, you know, Clayton Keller, has, uh, he's, he's shown flashes in the past, but this year it does feel a little bit different. Doesn't maybe have the supporting cast offensively that he would normally have to, to be thriving statistically, but we are seeing him really be more and more consistent as not just a point producer, but as somebody that's it's impacting the game, even if he's not scoring that night. Yeah. Longer stretches, Luke. And, and I, I think, you know, I agree with Tyson. I agree with everything that heater said as well. I, I truly believe this is Clayton Keller's team now. And I think, um, you know, for me, he's elevated uh, offensively, but I, I have never seen him back check like he has done, getting back into plays. Um, and, and I'm not saying he didn't do that before, but he's just taken his 
his entire game, in my opinion, to a whole new level. So there's one of the building blocks, right? There, there's, there's a big part of the future right there with Clayton Keller, and that's a great sign. And, you know, Bill Armstrong, the general manager, said at the beginning of the year, and Andre Turini said it as well, they, they want to see progression. And I think we're starting to see that overall in their roster. Don't forget they've had eight, nine guys out of the lineup at times this year. Uh, sounds like some guys are getting close to, to coming back, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that as well. Peter, with the, with the Keller production and just the way he has played this year, I mean, you, we've all watched him play his entire NHL career at this point. What have you seen this year different from the years past? Well, I think, Luke, that we've always seen the skill that Clayton has had. Um, this year we're seeing more consistency in his game. I think the confidence level is the highest it's ever been. He really seems to drive offense. He, he wants to, as, as Tyson and Matt were talking about, uh, join the fight, so to speak, join the battles, and that – probably is the, due to the fact that uh, he's a year older, year more mature, year more in the league, and also uh, he gained a little weight in the offseason, uh, reportedly seven pounds. And, uh, you know, Tyson, maybe you can speak to this, but as a player, you know, maybe we, th- we think seven pounds isn't a whole lot when you think of just seven pounds, but uh, when you're playing the game, it, seven pounds makes a difference and it gives you more confidence to get into those battles and, and maybe win some. Is that, is that right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I heard it's even uh, it, much more than that, uh, in fact. And to put that much weight, uh, that much good weight on a frame uh, like Clayton Keller's is, is that much more impressive. I mean, he's not a big guy to begin with, um, but I think that's given him that confidence to go, you know, hey, I, I can hang around. I need to hang around if I'm going to have success because I don't think I've ever seen him back check. I don't think I've ever seen him stick his nose in the battle. I don't think I've ever seen him you know, want to go to the front of the net to, to redirect a puck um, that he's been so much of a perimeter player for me. That has all gone out the, the window. He is in the middle of the ice inside position. He's taken hits. He's given hits. He's whacking guys back. I mean, th- this is a completely different player. And I think to your point heater, it does come with the fact that he is now 23 or 24 years of age. I think that is I think that is the money spot. That is where players are at their absolute best. There is only, I mean, 0.5% of players that can come into the National Hockey League like the McDavid's, like the Austin Matthews, and have instant success at 18, 19, and 20 years old. Clayton Keller, I don't think, uh, was ever going to be that player. I don't think Barrett Hayden is ever going to be that player. It, It takes a special, special guy to to just light it up when they're a, a young kid. And uh, that's what the Coyotes want. That's what they're obviously going for. I mean, this design and the losing that we're seeing and is, is by design. This is a full rebuild. We all know that. Um, but that's the type of player that they want to have franchise players that, that's going to put people in their seats. That's going to surround guys like Clayton Keller, like Jacob Chikrin. And how about Gostaspare? The job that this guy has done coming in from Philadelphia. What a, what a move by Bill Armstrong to bring in Gostaspare as well as I believe a second round pick and a seventh round pick and giving up absolutely nothing. I, I love everything about it. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. I mean, we looked at the offseason and Bill Armstrong was clearly tasked with going out there and stockpiling picks. And he did almost a historic job of that up to and including getting Dylan Gunther in the first round of this past draft. But eight picks in the first two rounds of this upcoming draft, which is supposed to be loaded. And yet on top of that, he was able to sprinkle a few current players in in some of these deals, too. Tyson just brought up Shane Gostisbehere. 
this guy, if for a while there, he was in on 50% of the Coyotes' goals. He's been yeah. such an offensive weapon from the blue line. Yeah, he certainly has. And I want to go back to one other uh, comment before I touch on that. Seven pounds, that's nothing for a broadcaster. That's one road trip, okay? <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's nothing. Come on, you know, we're, we're used to 15 and 20. But um, no, it, it's it's true. Like, you know, the first year Bill was here, I, you know, I was I was thinking to myself, is he ever going to make a move, right? You know, it's like, you know, a new guy comes in and a lot of times you see a flurry of moves by a general manager. But but I think Bill came in that first year, you know, last season, and he he wanted to see what he had, right? He he was getting he was getting acclimated and 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 you know in touch with with the roster to see what he had, and then we saw the moves in the off season, and we saw like what Tyson was saying, the the, the commitment to a full rebuild. It's a full teardown. There's no question about it. But but to your point, Luke, he's he's acquired the draft picks, and now. You know, you look at the roster, they've got, what, four players signed beyond this year. Uh, we've got a trade deadline coming up. Uh, I'm sure there are some assets that teams are going to be inquiring about. So those draft picks, that stockpile is probably only going to get bigger. Not to mention, you know, right now, as of today, I, I think they've got, what, $46 million in cap space uh, going into the offseason in case they want to dip their toes into free agency. So they're in a good spot. It's, it's short-term pain for long-term gain. And that, you know, that's something that Bill has talked about a lot. That you know, do you want to just sneak into the playoffs and then get your doors blown off, or do you want to be good for a long period of time and make long runs and hopefully win a couple of cups? And and you know, they're all in on that. Yeah, Heater, we saw the Coyotes get into the playoffs a couple years ago, face Colorado, and they clearly were going to have to do something if they were ever going to get to the point where they could beat Colorado or a team like that in a seven-game series and make a deep run. And you don't play this sport to be. A, an eight seed in your conference, you play it to try and win the cup. And to do that, you've got to be honest about where you want to go, but also about you know realistic about where you are and, and, and truly kind of do it the right way. You know, Bill Armstrong, you got to make the picks, obviously you got to develop the guys, but so far he's doing it the right way. No question. You know, and, and the Coyotes team, as we've talked about uh, for so many years have just kind of been uh, competitive, but in the middle of the pack, either close to making the playoffs and just missing or getting in and, and leaving after a, a round or so. And, and you know, that then you get to the draft picks that are in the middle of the first round or late in the first round. And, you know, unfortunately you really can't build a strong team like that. And I think that Bill Armstrong's forte obviously is, is drafting is scouting. Uh, that was a, what uh, his strength was in St. Louis. And I think he's um, naturally carrying that on into the, the first couple of seasons uh, here as a Coyotes general manager. So, you know, let Bill Armstrong do what he does best. And that is scout and draft. And uh, he did a tremendous job, of course, uh, repositioning uh, this Coyotes team into to getting the eight picks in the first two rounds next year. And uh, I don't think he's done yet. As Matt was saying, there's so much cap space available uh, he used salary cap uh, as a weapon last year to acquire picks, and I think that will be the case again uh, in the near future. And and then the natural progression will be not only now to get picks, but use cap space and players to acquire prospects too, and NHL young NHL prospects. So you know you, you first lay the foundation of getting the picks, and then you start getting the prospects, and then as the years go by, certainly your team gets stronger and stronger. I think Detroit is such a testament to that this year. I mean, the Red Wings, what was it, 24, 25 straight years in the playoffs, 
And uh, all of a sudden they could see that their group was aging out and they weren't going to be at the real competitive level that they were used to. So they made the decision to, to do a complete rebuild. And there's been, you know, what, three, four, five years of pain for the Red Wings. But look at them now. Detroit is one of the, the most impressive teams, I think, in the Eastern Conference this year. Right now sitting in a, in a playoff spot at the quarter pole. And, uh, you know, 13-9-3, and three, I mean, that's, that's a really good record for that team. And Steve Eisenman has done a, a wonderful job rebuilding that club. And uh, I think the Coyotes certainly are, are maybe using that as a blueprint. And, and I don't think the Coyotes will be that far behind what the Red Wings have done. But that's a good example of maybe the progression of where uh, this organization wants to go. Look at Detroit. Yeah, sure. I wanted to ask you, too, about the environment on this team right now. If you're a player, you know, we're seeing some vets come over and realize, hey, this is a chance to revive my career, whether that's Antoine Roussel or Andrew Ladd or whoever. You've got guys like Christian Fisher and Lawson Kraus that, that you know, they view this as sort of a, a clean slate. I mean, they're in a familiar environment, but with a new coach and everything, they can kind of go in a new direction. And you have young guys that are getting a chance that maybe wouldn't normally get a chance and so we're all talking about how that's the teardown and that's the start of, of, a, of a true rebuild. But as a player, there's also a lot of opportunity there, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. And I guess one last thing, I, I mean, I think just for our fans who are, are listening to this, and I think they'll agree with this. And, and as broadcasters, we're still fans. We're part of this organization. We live and breathe it like everyone else. There's nothing worse than being part of a mediocre team. And that's what this Coyote group has been for a long, long, long time. So that's why this rebuild is, is happening. Um, and it's all about the fans. It's all about winning. And I believe we're going to get there in, in due time. Um, and to your question now, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. With what the Coyotes are doing, the players that are involved, I, I think it's very dangerous because you don't want to be a part of a, a losing culture. Um, but on the same hand, it does, you know, offer up a lot of opportunity for a lot of players for a lot of different reasons. And if, it, if used the right way, and I believe the message, and that's the most important thing, and it starts with Bill Armstrong and obviously Andre Turney, I think he's doing a real good job motivating this group on the daily, making sure that these guys are, are razor focused and the so-called experts, which are all of us talking about a rebuild and how they're supposed to lose. Well, the players don't want to hear that. And I, and I love that they're, they're fighting against that. They're doing everything they can to win every night. And that's, that's what's going to make these guys better in the long term. And they're going to realize losing isn't fun. They're going to come out of this, you know, at, at, at some time here soon. And they're going to be better for it. Lots of adversity for all these players. But also, as you mentioned, lots of opportunity uh, for guys like a Fisher, like a Kraus that didn't play a ton under Rick Tockett. And now they're getting that opportunity and they're flourishing. Yeah, Matt, maybe I'm, I'm just the eternal optimist, but I, I do see a way where you can rebuild without necessarily losing a ton, except you do have to kind of strip it down and find your core guys like Clayton Keller that you're building around. And yeah, as Tyson just said, you like to start winning too, and the players obviously want to win. And one of the guys that has really helped them is Carol Vimelka, who I remember talking to, to head coach Andre Tourney a few weeks ago, and he brought up the point. He's like, look, we saw this guy in development camp. How often do you see a guy in development camp that's actually one of your two starting goalies when the season really gets going? But he has played a lot this season, and he had that 46-save shutout the other night. Some of these games, he looks like he really has something. 
Yeah, I, I did not see this coming at all. I, you know, it was a transaction over the summer and you're thinking, okay, fourth round pick for, for Nashville a few years back. The kids got, you know, some pro experience in the Czech league, but I, I thought Yosef Kozinosh was going to be the backup here. You know, I thought it was going to be Carter Hutton and Yosef Kozinosh and, and Kozinosh got farmed out pretty early. Um, it, it, because they, I think it was not so much that, not so much that, Kojanosh did or did not do it was what Vemelka did in that game that he had in the preseason late in Vegas, I think solidified his opportunity to get looks at, at the NHL level. And, and he, you know what, I, I was, I was crunching his numbers before the game in, in Dallas and, and he went through a stretch. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's gone through a long stretch where he's allowed two or fewer, um, you know, that's kind of been, you know, situated around his, his games where he's struggled and, and, and given up a lot of goals. And there's been that, that too, but early on in the season, when the schedule was really tough and the, and the Coyotes went through that Eastern Southeastern swing, uh, he was very, very good. He just didn't get the results in the win column. So um, yeah, he's a guy, he is now a guy that is a legit prospect, a legit player that they can uh, look forward to developing, you know, in the future as a guy that might be here for a long time. You never know. So, uh, and, and, you know, Scott Wedgwood, you know, here's, here's a guy that kind of came in the second time and saved him again, you know, added stability to the, to the position. So, um, you know, those are, those are good pieces moving forward. Uh, but, but overall, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed with the vets on this team, guys like Antoine Roussel and, and Jay Beagle and, and, and some of the other guys that they brought in, you need good vets for the younger guys on the roster. And maybe that's a story that hasn't been publicized enough is how good the vets have been as a group. Yeah, that's a great point because we, we've seen it in the past with other teams around the league that they don't have the vets. And so the young guys are all just trying to learn from each other and it doesn't really work that way. Uh, Heater, Dyson Mayo is a guy that has really kind of seized this opportunity and run with it on the blue line. Well, he has, you know, and, and just kind of furthering on what Maddie and, and Tyson were just talking about, uh, this season has certainly provided opportunities for players. And Dyson Mayo is, is a perfect example of a five-year Tucson roadrunner uh, never really was able to get an opportunity at the NHL level. And all of a sudden he comes up and has become a, you know, a real uh, steady defender, kind of underneath the radar type guy, really good uh, partner for, for Shane Gosses bear, who uh, obviously is a very offensive defenseman and, and Mayo, a stay at home defenseman gives uh, Gosses bear the, the opportunity to, to roam up and down the ice and, and Mayo has come in and he's averaging over 20 minutes a game. He leads the Coyotes and block shots. And so he's been a, a real a pleasant story and, and a, a feel good story because of what he's put into a professional hockey at the, at the minor pro level to now finally get an opportunity. And the same can be said for, for players like Travis Boyd, uh, you know, a guy who's was Washington for a while and then uh, Toronto and Vancouver last year, just kind of a depth player, never really getting a, a real chance to get into the mix that much in the top six forwards. And, and this year, obviously he's, he's playing a lot and, and contributing Already has uh, six goals. That's a career high for him. Um, as Coach Andre Turney talks about, he plays well at both ends of the ice. Uh, good defensive center as well. And Liam O'Brien is a guy that uh, certainly puts a smile on anybody's face that watches him play. I mean, he, he goes full throttle every time he's out there, no matter what the score is, running around, hitting players. He's fearless in terms of who he hits, knowing what might come his way because of a hit. 
and uh, then he'll drop the gloves with anyone as well. So he's been fun to watch. And, and there are a lot of up and down the roster. You know, we could go up and down and, and talk more about the different players. But but those three are players that come to my mind who have not really had great opportunities at the NHL level in years past. Or if they had, they weren't able to take advantage of them. And this year they are. Yeah, a career high for Travis Boyd and goals, like you said, with six already. And four of them came in the span of six games. Nasher, we'll wrap it up here, but I, I want to get your thoughts on this just because when you're you're constructing a team identity going forward and look, Bill Armstrong's the GM. It's not a surprise. This is part of the identity. This is not a, an easy team to play against in the sense that they're just going to let you push them around. You know, this team, if you if you hit one coyote, the rest are going to stick up for each other. They are just kind of a gritty sort of a just a sandpaper type team. You have to have that as you're rebuilding, don't you? You do. And years past, this team was as soft as soft could be. And, uh, and that is, that is frustrating for, especially for a guy like me watching from up top and you're watching the Oliver Ekman Larson's and the Connor Garland's back in the day, just getting roughed up, pushed around, knocked down and nobody does anything about it. And you have guys now like Clayton Keller, like Boyd, like Kessel, uh, like Goss to spare, these guys need to feel safe out there. I, I I don't care how much the NHL has changed and how fighting is down or whatever you want to say, but it is still the same game. It still has to exist. The good teams all have it. They don't get pushed around. Ryan Reeves has paid as much money as he's making right now for a real, real good reason. Uh, Wilson as well in, in uh, Washington. Uh, th these guys are valuable pieces to their hockey club. And Bill Armstrong has done a remarkable job. Yes, we're going to lose a lot, but we are not going to get beat up. We're not going to get pushed around and we have to protect our players. And that's what, that's a fun team to play on. And you could see it. These guys are laughing and as tough as it's been, they love each other's company. Uh, they're a real tight group and you know, win or lose they're, they're sticking together. Yeah, that's a good way to put it because they are starting to, you can tell they're coming together. There were so many new faces on this team at the start of the year. I think opening night, it was like half the roster was different from opening night uh, a season ago. All right, that's going to do it for us, uh, for, for Tyson Nash, for Matt McConnell, for Bob Heathouse. I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll catch up with you again probably the next quarter mark of the season on the uh, Coyotes Roundtable. This has been One on One with your host, Luke Lipinski. Be sure to join Luke and the crew next time when they get together to discuss Coyotes hockey.